Sexual Fantasy Kingdom 2, Fudinari Elves. It's January 5th, 2022. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 78. And prowling my big meaty tower, I'm Abel Kirby. And with balls full of energy, I'm Cold Acid. We're here. Now, are you using these energy balls to indoctrinate people into the cult of Carlito? Is there some magical I'm, spell? I'm not sure if I'm indoctrinating them so much as forcing it upon them and making them go, what the fuck? <laughs> so who have you been sharing the good news with? I have to ask. With Through the Cookie on NA Social and through that famine from gleesonator.com <laughs> gleesonator gleesonator isn't it a star gleesa no gleesonator is because the guy who runs the servers is, is named gleeson has the surname gleeson ah okay so what's the reaction what do they say did you pull them in and they uh you know did they accept the so, so far uh, the only training? one reaction and it was from famine and he said and i quote what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> oh, man. You have to... So, did you see the new wrestling uh, mashup video with the... What's his name? Billy Harrington uh, shtick? You know who Billy Harrington no, is, right? No, can't say that I have. Oh, there's a new one this year. I'll send it to you after. Uh, you'll get a kick out of it. It's pretty good. High quality. It's got all the... At some point, I need to actually grab some clips out of, uh, out of uh, Who's That Boy? Who's the boy wanna be amigo? I probably sang that song on this stream <laughs> more often than we've ever even played it. I think I only ever played it once. It's such a catchy song, man. And that's terrible. Ah, uh, it is. Well, I've been up to a couple of things. I got some soundproofing and audio re-leveling going on. I'm about halfway through. Uh, yeah, but... so your walls are now covered with foam mattresses, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't buy the foam mattresses. I might buy the foam mattresses, depending on how things go. But I already own a bunch of absorber, uh, so I have enough to cover part of the room. And right now, I have them hanging. Uh, I got a couple different tapes so that I can tape them, tape the uh, the wedge absorber to cardboard, then hang it on the wall. I'm gonna let it hang for about a week and see which ones fall off, if any, uh, before I do the whole room. So it's a experimental experimental mode right now well good luck with your experiment yeah at least you're not experimenting on people or poor helpless animals <laughs> like the people in our stream yeah like the people on our stream <laughs> they're always fun to experiment with yes all the time we have <laughs> carb lane says i'm glad so we didn't have before, a mouthful before of we get on to podcast <laughs> news because there's a bit to talk about that um, how about we run down who our executive producer is for tonight's episode and remind people of how they can provide value back if they actually get value from us, which, I mean, I don't know how they get value from us, but some people seem to do so, and so we want them to keep getting value from us and providing value back. But anyway, our executive producer for tonight and biggest donator since last week is Sir Sammy from Finland. Woo! Sir who Sammy! Who sent us in $20.22. Nice! From Finland? Yeah. And I, I have a message here from Sir Sammy. Just let me dig it up. Alright. 
Sir Sammy. Uh, where is it? Oh, I see it uh, in chat. Sir Sammy. Happy New Year 2022 and keep up the great work. I'm not a manga guy at all, but I really enjoy your more scientific POV in your discussions, so thanks. Oh. Thank you, uh, Sir Sammy, for being a listener and for sending some value our way for the value we send you. Yeah, it's, uh, it means the world to us. Uh, yeah. there's, there's we nothing, also got... Nothing compares. Yeah. We also got a couple of donations from Cotton Gin again. He, boost, he boosted us with uh, 2,022 sats saying Happy New Year. Yeah. And on New Year's Eve, he had also sent in $3.33 as a monthly donation to our show. Oh, boy. So this thank is great. you, Cotton Gin. No, thanks, Cotton Gin. He's the guy who just keeps giving no matter what. He helped me move into this apartment, carry all my crap up the stairs. He left me a beer in the fridge on his way out, and now he's donating to the show. He's damn good it. people. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, I'm going down the list. I don't see anything other than what, what you saw, so I presume no one uh, stealthily sent a, uh, a boostogram my way. Uh, the, nope. we do have some, some stuff to run through. So if you want to, uh, see us, so right now, let me roll back for a second. We're broadcasting live on the no agenda stream and the rare encounter radio, uh, stream. And you can find the rare encounter stream at rareencounter.net. And we record live every Wednesday at 7 PM. I even have a note that's been taped to my speaker for the last, uh, well, what has it been a year and a half now, just so I can remember what day and time it is. But if you want to remember what day and time it is, you can just go to rareencounter.net where you can also find links to our uh, chat room and to send us messages. Uh, if you want to send us boostograms, you can also do that using any new podcast app that's value-enabled, and you can find a list of them at newpodcastapps.com. And uh, finally, you could send us email if you want to, if you dare to. You could send us an email at show at rareencounter.net. In fact, we're looking forward to your emails for our special episode coming up on Sunday following no agenda. Well, some one of us is looking forward. I think you're looking forward to the emails. I'm not. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, You've got I, plans for the show, but I don't know what I'm bringing. But, I mean, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to have, like, dumb comments throughout the episode <laughs> as normal. But I, I'd like to bring in some other people's dumb comments for a change as well. Hmm. Well, you know, if someone writes an email, I'm going to be pretty disappointed, and I'm going to try my best to stop cold acid from le reading it on the air. That's my plan. Uh, so make sure you don't send an email to show at rareencounter.net. Ah, reverse psychology. Smart. Mm. You see, what you don't get is it's, it's actually forward psychology. <laughs> I just don't like email. It's just a trick. And well, What's uh, you open, then? Oh, it's, uh, it's a new year. And so I'm on a diet, so I got a white claw. No, I'm just kidding. Ah. <laughs> but I think their sales go up every January. Me? I got a Pommies cider. Mm. Good old cider. Nothing beats that. Yeah. Usually, I, I always say, New Year, New Beer. And I try and bring something, but I just I can't do a New Year, New Year, New Beer. Not going to happen. Cider, though. I need to really get into the cider around here. There's some good places. I just have to go scope it out, and it's been hard been hard to get uh settled here for the last uh last month but it'll be coming soon and i promise uh in february i'm gonna do a couple different uh drink reviews it's kind of the way we used to uh, way back where i actually bring something on and talk about it for more than two seconds so there's some weird stuff i'm not gonna spoil it by telling you what it is but i have to go and get, <laughs> i have to actually go buy some and uh, and uh, get it in front of me 
So we'll see that. You can see... Uh, that reminds me. I got some books to read and review, don't I? Ah, I gotta read those books, man. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta sit down and read those books. I got a couple more books and more Lego. Hmm. Oh, uh, before we go on, go off for books, I want to mention something, because that's a good segue. Uh, did you ever read uh, the M. Andrew Jones uh, short story or novella, Metal? Andrew Jones wrote a short story? Yeah, and he sent it out. He sent out print versions to a bunch of podcasts. Did you get one? I got one. I did not get one, no. Oh, hmm. Maybe I'll send you the copy I, I did, got. I did, get my, uh, I did get my kit from Mike Riley for his uh, Kickstarter, though. Hmm. So that's another book. That's going to mm-hmm. be good. This that's one That's one we definitely should be reviewing, so I'm going to make sure to read that in the little pocket comics that came with it in time for next week's show. So not Saturday, not Sunday, but uh, but the twelfth, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna get through metal. Uh, I did probably four fifths of the of the book in one sitting. Uh, it's pretty short, you know. I think it's sixty five pages or something like that. So I got I could have probably finished it, but I got tired and went to bed. But the story keeps grabbing me, and then I wasn't sure. You know, you, you're not really sure where it's going. So it's a it's an interesting take. I like the way he packaged it, too. So I got a, an envelope with the book in it, and it has some bookmarks, and it has a, a note. It has a letter, which I haven't read yet, with the sealing wax and everything. So I'll be pulling that apart, uh, taking a look at it later. I th- I'm actually going to read the book before I read the letter. So will bring that next week. So I was listening to another show today. Oh. I was listening to Abs in a Six Pack live, and apparently... They got calls in today from both Bill Gates and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, he's got some pull, you know? It really yeah, has been I the mean, dark horse. Sir Seatsitter, he, he's got connections. <laughs> Call in from Bill Gates and Fauci. That's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, Can't wait to see that episode go live. Is he recording another one tonight? Usually he records like seven episodes a day. I'm not sure. He might. He probably is going to be recording another one tonight. I mean... As far as I know, there's only two things that Cersei Sitter does. Records podcasts and sleeps. <laughs> Sometimes he sleeps on the podcast, maybe? Sometimes. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, when when you're podcasting 24 hours a day, sometimes you will fall asleep during the podcast. That guy's hardcore. He does a lot of, a lot of stuff I wouldn't be willing to do. Uh, we had a uh, couple other shows. I wanted to mention Angry Tech News number 17 has, I didn't listen to it yet, but it, in the rundown for it, I saw it has CES crap is going to get covered on there. So I'm excited to see that. And I was going back and forth with you uh, if we want to do some C, uh, some CES coverage on, uh, on uh, our live show that we're going to do on Sunday. We're doing an out-of-cycle I think, show. I think so. I, I hope there's some like weird, bizarre shit that came out that we could talk about because, I mean... The usual stuff, like I saw Linus Tech Tips video today about AMD's CES announcements, and I mean, I mean that stuff's all neat and everything, but it doesn't really have, you know, like it doesn't really match our style. I'm I'm hoping for like some new teledildonics news coming out of CES, <laughs> stuff like that. Well, I I've got some uh, some material I've got stashed away. I'm gonna see what happens on the show. The first day is is that today? I think it's starting right now. So we'll see what happens. And uh, if it if it's boring, I won't bring it. But uh, I I'm hopeful there's gonna be some good stuff. Once again, I hope there's teledildonics. <laughs> oh God, yeah. And so speaking of. Uh, 
tell Del, I don't know where to go with this. We had this story sent by Dame DeLorean, the potato story. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, wait a minute. We're not even done with the podcast yet. Oh, we were doing podcast? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were talking about our stuff. Okay, well, we got Angry Tech News. Yeah, number 17 this is out. Hog Story did um, episode 251, Iraq and Peanut. And uh, that yep. was a fun one. The yeah, e- they talked about Knuckles. <laughs> Knuckles, the echidna, showed up in the, it is his quad cock and all his glory. That was mm-hmm. a fun show. Though the the narrator, this so-called Canadian so-called narrator on the show, had one of the most irritating um, cadences that I've ever heard. She said everything like it was the same uh, six notes in a row. Yeah. Did you was, catch that? It was kind of lulling. It was, uh, you know, I can imagine that someone would listen to her and say, oh, she sounds just like my preschool teacher, because that's what she sounded like. Like she's coughing, <laughs> someone talking to a toddler or something like that. So I don't know. It didn't do anything for me, yeah. but that was fun material. That animal stuff, the animal science is always good. The Tasmanian devil bit, that was fun too. Yeah. Uh, hearing about uh, hearing about the uh, the zombie disease that they have. Oh, yeah. What was it? The uh, Tasmanian uh, face disease. Face cancer. Yeah. What was it called? It was like TBTF or something like? Something like that. Tasmanian well, boil face disease or something. Yeah. Any Anybody who's really interested in that should go listen to the episode. <laughs> yeah. And last night, last night, there was another episode of Bull After Bull. And some of the content in that episode was pretty shitty. Literally. <laughs> oh, boy. They're the you know how every episode they ask people to send in voicemails with like the first time I did X, right? Yeah. And this time X was shit your pants as an adult. <laughs> oh no. Oh yes. Oh, oh god, some of the some of the stories they were I was feeling embarrassed listening to them, but at the same time like laughing my ass off. Yeah. Some of these some of these things like just if if you want to be sickened and laugh your ass off at the same time, you definitely have to listen to that episode. So put on your shitting uh, pants and go to yeah, bowlafterbowl.com. Because pants shitting is definitely happening. We also had, I, I didn't listen to that. I only listened to partway through Behind the Schemes, and I started listening to them before Bowl After Bowl this morning. Um, so I'm not quite done, but I was listening to Behind the Schemes with Lavash and uh, Boobery. And is Quirk Guest going back on the show? I believe so, after she's done convalescing. Okay. I, I noticed she's been absent for a little while, but we got to talk to her because uh, she was around at the New Year's Eve party. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which is fun. Uh, though we didn't really get to talk. It was, <laughs> she yeah, was, she wasn't she was on there. for very long because she can't... She has to She has to elevate mm-hmm. every so often as well. Yeah, and we get wish... Get better, Quarkus. We miss you. Yeah, we miss you. The, um... The other show that I was listening to was uh, What I Miss About New York. And have you uh, have you heard this one? This is the Tom Starkweather podcast. Or no, I, it... I haven't listened to Tom's podcast yet. It's uh, it's I've Tom and Alex, been, actually. I've never been to New York. Oh, really? Ever. Like, the, the closest I've been was trans- transferring planes at one of the airports in the area i'm not i don't even remember which one it was jfk or laguardia either of them but it was like transferring from a plane from buffalo to new york to one that was going new york to miami Uh aha so it was just it was just a quick layover right 
So, didn't get to see any New York or anything like that. Just, uh, just the inside of the terminal, and I wouldn't consider that New York. Oh, uh, well, if you get a window seat, if you ever do that again and you get a window seat, um, and you're on the right side of the plane, if you're on the wrong side of the plane, you don't see shit. But if you, if everything lines up, you can get a pretty good view of New York from the sky, uh, New York City, I mean, Manhattan. You see the, uh, the buildings, and you see the harbor. It d depends on what direction you're going to, but it's, uh, it's a fun thing to fly by. But no, uh, what I miss about New York is the uh, Alex and Tom do their... A uh, story about, well, it's been about a lot of things, but right now it's about them escaping from New York. And they had uh, episode, I think it's number nine, Travels to Tampa, where they talk about going on a spur-of-the-moment trip down to uh, Tampa, Florida, and just looking around and walking around, and uh, they're telling a you know, contemporaneous story about what happened when they went down. Where'd they go? What'd they eat? What was going on? And uh, it's a lot of fun to listen to this. I caught their podcast the first three or four episodes um, I think when it first came out, and then I kind of, uh, I couldn't find it in my podcast app. And I remember trying a couple times, and what I found out today, actually I found out yesterday, while I was doing laundry, I was trying to find their show because I wanted to listen to it again, and it wouldn't come up on Podfriend or CurioCast or anything, I, or the Podcast Index. And so I, I went out, and I found out they were actually hosted on Libsyn, and they weren't in the Podcast Index. So I used my API uh, credentials, logged in, and added them. So as of about an hour ago, what I miss about New York is now uh, findable on PodFriend and CurioCaster and all these other. Uh, anyone who uses the podcast index as a, as a source. Good job! Yeah. So you can go look for that. It's a fun show. And <laughs> the thing is that, that I always take away from it, what, what I enjoy the most, is Alex has this accent, which is just amazing. Uh, and... Uh, it's very New York. It's very New York. And just the way she talks about everything is, is uh, I don't know, it's it's a, it's just fun to listen to where she talks about, we got a pizza, and then later I ate the second half of pizza. And she's, they, they have a, a pattern on this show which mostly seemed to revolve around what, <laughs> when they ate the first half of their food, and then they did something, and then when they ate the second half of the food, and I was laughing at the, I don't think it was supposed to be, funny but i just thought it was so uh so fun to listen to it's a it's a very interesting show if you have the right yeah, uh at first, at first at first the first few times that i ever heard alex i was thinking like fran drescher oh like the flushing queens kind of thing me, unlike fran drescher's voice which is still just as uh nails on chalk as it ever was well you know fran drescher had a career based around her well around other things but it was a core part of it was she was famous for having that accent yeah so i don't know i've gotten shit for having my accent you know what i mean which i comes out sometimes i try not to have it too much but hey dog what are you gonna it's do it's okay to have accent <laughs> uh so that was what i miss about new york anyway are we okay to talk about the potato that looks like a dick I just want to check with you so I don't upset the apple cart again. Yeah, we got we gotta we gotta first because because we gotta do this whenever we bring up these sort of topics. But we need a few good taters. It's potato news on rare encounter. Potatoes. There we go. Potato news. You wanna leave me in cold? Yeah, so there was a big potato that was erected in Cyprus. Erected, indeed. Uh, last year. And 
somebody's gone and vandalized it. Cut it down. Yes. Cut down by vandals in Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. I didn't know there were vandals in Cyprus. I thought it was the uh, the Andalusian tribes. Did they make it out there? Oh, there's vandals everywhere. Oh, uh, well, there oh. you go. Uh, there oh, you go. It took you. a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the most famous of the Andalusian tribes was the Vandal tribe. <laughs> Uh, Only on rare encounters. I should have gotten that. Like it, like with all the stuff that I've done reading about, like the German migrations and everything in the Dark Ages, I should have picked up on that right away. And then, no, like brain fart or something. No, the delay reaction was good. I liked it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the police are investigating these uh, these people. When did they chop down this big big potato? By the way, we have a picture of the big potato in the show notes. Uh, I think, Cole, there's you got a, a better there's one. There's a reason, I believe, because people think that it looks like a big, ballless dick. You know, I'm kind of straining to see that. It's not... They, everybody it's, says it's phallic, but you know what would actually make it phallic? If there were a couple of small potatoes down at the bottom of the thing, it, you know? it It has kind of a big peanut kind of quality so maybe that's what it, it's like you know a statue to jimmy carter the peanut farmer because it looks more like a peanut than a potato you know what i mean yeah oh well uh, there's a uh, there's a little bit of a discrepancy i read a couple stories on this uh i don't know if you noticed this but the uh the new york post and the sky news uh stories which were both about this can't seem to agree on how, how tall this statue is this is a little i didn't even see it did the, uh, yeah, yeah the, the Sky News one doesn't even mention the height. They did. Uh, the, the article I saw mentions that it is four meters tall, which is 13 feet, about, a little more than that, I think. But the New York Post article says it's 16 feet tall, which is 4.8 meters. Well, if they had it in there, the one that I'm looking at from Sky News does not mention the height. Not that I see. Oh, yeah, it does. Um... Because I got it right out of there. It, may, it might not be the link that I sent you. It might be a different one. But the uh, the bottom line is, well, I was the, trying to figure these out these links. I mean, I mean, we got we got the uh, we got the New York Post link from Dame Delorean, but I had also gotten from Carolyn Blaney this Sky News link. That's the one that I put in. Oh, I didn't see your Sky News. Servo's link. got an interesting point. Making it about. The penis enhances the feminist agenda. <laughs> oh, no. They're against dun, Big Potato. Dun, dun. So anyway, um, the, 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 the closest I have, you know, to like conspiracy stuff. So is just the sermon. What I did is I took this uh, this photo, and you complained right before the show. You said my photo inside the uh, inside my show notes sucked, um, and compared to the great photo you had, which I'm sure is more. I said it wasn't as good as the one that I grabbed, where the where the ladies are taking a picture in front of it. Yeah, well, you know what, mine has but that. It's yours still doesn't. Still an okay photo. It's just it looked all blurry. Well, here's the thing what? about this photo is. It has a guy standing right next to it, or he's squatting down right below that potato. And so I did some analysis on it, where I, I want to know how tall this thing is. 
I've got conflicting information. Is it 16 feet or 13 feet? Right? That's, I mean, that's a big difference. Oh, so How you tall? did some math. Yeah, and I think the 4.8 meter number is right. I actually came up with 4.5 meters. I'm um, just kind of guessing this guy's height and looking what he's standing next to. And, you know, so it's him and he's squatting down and he's kind of squatting next to another guy who's on the side. And I was looking at that traffic cone next to him, too. <laughs> it looks like the traffic cone must be like four feet tall. <laughs> Maybe it's just the perspective. But the uh, the bottom line is I came up with uh, with about four and a half meters tall. And then the the New York Post cites a number of 4.8. So I say, OK, it looks like uh, I believe the 4.8 uh, number more. It's certainly not four meters tall. It's taller than four meters. So there. Yeah. That's that's why I put that photo in is because I did some analysis on it. So this this uh, article from uh, New York Times has a great quote in it. Okay, hit me. Other countries have instantly recognizable monuments. Now we have ours. Former Cyprus ambassador to the UK, Euripides Evrivides wrote on Twitter at the time with a collage of national monuments, including the Eiffel Tower, Statue of Liberty, Hong Kong's Big Buddha, and there's truly the Big <laughs> the Potato. Big Potato. Yeah, so we thank Dame DeLorean for sending that story, and we always, always, always like news about the big potato, or any kind of potato. We even like small and potatoes. And I'll, uh, I'll thank Carolyn Blaney for sending in her link as well, and not scooping us on this as well. Yes, Because this could have been scooped on us on two shows, not just one. Mm, yes, And indeed. neither of them did it, because they love us. And we love you guys, too. Oh, we love you, too. Yeah. Good job. There we go. Y'all get a good job for that. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Well, we got some anime stuff. You want to roll that? It sounded like you had a lot, so you want to get it out of the way? Yeah, I got uh, I got a whole list of anime headlines to crawl through. First, oh, hold on a second. I think he's going to cough. Or maybe he's a sneeze. No, it's it not was, something else. Uh, it was phlegm. Oh, okay. Well, it's even worse. So High Dive and Sentai Holdings have been purchased by AMC Networks. The movie company? So the so the people that bring you The Walking Dead now bring you your smutty Chinese cartoons. Oh, AMC the yeah, networks. Yeah, AMC Networks. Yes. Interesting. So, yeah, this was just announced uh, this this afternoon. I saw this on Anime News Network, and yeah, they are they are apparently going to be continuing things as is, but they're now they're now owned by AMC. Well, and that means AMC can throw them in their programming. Uh, they can throw them in their their AMC streaming if they had such a thing. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. cable. AMC. They can start airing. They can start airing anime on AMC Plus or hmm. Acorn TV. Well, this is interesting news. You know, it's, um, oh, geez. I'm looking at the, uh, the Sentai Filmworks Heritage, and it says it was, uh, founded by Matt Greenfield and David Williams, along with, mm -hmm. uh, John Ledford. So, geez, Matt, Matt Greenfield was, uh, 80 Vision, and I, I guess that's the heritage for Sentai Filmworks. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. I believe that is actually the case. Those who, those who survived the crash of 80 V refounded as Sentai. Hmm. Now I thought Matt Greenfield went off to just do dubs of softcore porn. I thought that was his business and ultra violence. But man, nah, but maybe he's Who at says Sentai. He's not. Oh well, you know, 
I can't remember what his company name is, but uh, they used to have it on sale at a little to- – well, you go to the anime convention and there would be a side of the, the show you could go to and it had a bunch of stuff. And I remember someone telling me, oh, yeah, these are all Matt Greenfield's projects. He would still hang out at cons too if yep. you could find him. My knew next, what he looked like. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. My next headline is that there may be a weeaboo or weeaboos in the Biden cabinet. Uh-oh. Is this uh, the Mr. Secretary of State? Yeah. What's his name? Yes. Apparently, Anthony Blinken is a fan of Lisa, or at least the uh, song that she did for Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yeba movie. Hmm. This turned out. This turned out as one of the thirty-six songs that he recommended on uh, what's it called. Spotify. Spot. Oh, Spotify. I was thinking yeah. Streamify for some reason, but Streamify doesn't exist. It's Spotify. Well, you know, I liked RDO and they're gone, so I don't have any love for anything else. <laughs> Spotify, Spotify, yeah. Snotify. That's what I'm going to call it. Not a fan. I do my own streaming now. That's apparently what I do. Apparently, he is also. Yeah. Apparently, he is also a fan of K-pop and Filipino pop. Okay. Oh, so he's his, got a good music his taste. playlist also includes songs by the Korean singer-songwriter Minzy, Filipino boy band SB19, and Filipino folk pop band Ben and Ben, among other artists from Asia. So yeah, I I think he is... I think he's a closet weeb. It's very likely. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there was another Which guy... Which makes me hate him just a little less. Well, remember Herman Cain? Herman Cain was quoting Pokemon yeah. in one of his speeches. Remember that? He was quoting the lyrics from uh, one of the theme songs for the movie. You remember that? That was a, that was a while ago. I don't ago. remember that. No, that was back when no. Herman Cain was running for president. I don't know. A long time ago. It's a long time ago now. And he gave a speech. Yeah, and that would be a long time ago. He gave a... He, he started making, like, this motivational speech, and someone said, Hey, you're... He's... I think he said, oh, as a poet once said, and he recited some, some bits, and people recognized it. It was part of the theme song for one of the Pokemon movies. Nice. Yeah, you don't remember that story? Yeah, that's a good story. No, I don't remember that story, but that's awesome. Yeah. I, find that, I always find it hilarious when, like, when, like, people in big public places turn out to have, like, these kind of nerdy secrets to them, and they leak out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. You know, on, for one thing, it makes them it makes them seem a little more human and a little less reptilian. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm looking at the Lisa discography here, uh, trying to see what else she did. Because I know I've heard her. I I didn't recognize the song that you said, but I know I've heard some of her stuff before. I'm just looking down the. Uh... Because she's also done uh, she's done a bunch of Sao music. That's probably it. Oh yeah. This Illusion, which was the theme song to, to Fate Stay Night. That's what I remember her from. That was ah. the... Yeah, it was a good song. They had the version that was in the game, and then they had a, a really nice version they did for the first... T, the Dean anime. The original. The one with the... Kind of the bad animation and the... Uh, the I think it was this bad CG dragon they put in. Or instead of... In the, in the novel, there was a sex scene. <laughs> and instead of having the sex scene, they, they like said, Oh, yeah, by the way, here here's a sword. Go fight this badly animated dragon. And that was the scene they put in instead. It was just bad. Famously bad. But... Sounds like a, a bit like a big-lipped alligator moment, too. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, what else do we got? Any more headlines? 
Uh, I've got a couple of other other news. I sure. saw this video recently. It's it came out a between Boxing Day and New Year's Eve. But apparently, uh, Ultraman is not going to get adapted by Hollywood. The owners of the Ultraman IP say that if there's going to be a Hollywood production, it's going to be it's going to be under their control and like their complete say so. If there's something they don't like, they'll just completely pull it, sort of thing. Hmm. And so J.J. Abrams, I guess, won't be directing so the Ultraman it's a good, movie. It's a good idea. I mean, after after all the shit uh, American remakes of uh, of different like anime and video game IPs, I'm honestly surprised that it's taken them this long to actually start like putting their foot down and being like, "Yeah, no, stop fucking around." This is our IP. You're going to do it the way we want instead of fucking around and making everything retarded for American audiences. No, it's usually it's like they try and boil down the series to, you know, basically a 90 minute or two hour film and try and fit in way too much than they could ever fit in. And meanwhile, it feels like the whole thing's written by someone who never understood why the original thing was actually good in the first place. You know, it's it, not just movies. I mean, I mean, part of this is like also reactions to the Cowboy Bebop uh, uh, Netflix series, like not necessarily the North American reactions, but the Japanese reactions to it. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard. The only thing I heard about that was Sir Seat Sitter's reviewer is that he kind of liked it. So, yeah, it won't be too. And who knows? I mean, it might be it might be well made for a Western audience, but. That doesn't mean that it's good, right? I mean, as we as we know, as we know, like the average the average Western audience has little to no taste to begin with. Hmm. Well, we at Rare Encounter have immaculate taste, and so I've been looking at the Strike Witches, Luminous Witches uh, updates, and I'm still I'm disappointed to say I haven't seen anything come through. It's still scheduled for 2022, but there's no release date and uh, there's no no news. So I don't know. I'm yeah, anxiously that's awaiting this. Depressing for you, isn't it? Oh yeah, I'm no down in the dumps. Pants, Sue. <laughs> no, unfortunately. I did see that there will be a new uh, season of that Ship Girl anime that's based on the mobile game. Oh uh, yeah, in uh, 2022. Can Cole? What's it called again? Can Cole. Can't I collection? Yeah, can Cole. And see, I, I've never even watched that. I know the name of that. I never even watched it either. But everybody knows it because all the, all the pics of art. It's like one of those things, you know. More, more people. I think more people know of Can Cole because of art created by fans than the actual game or the anime based on the game <laughs> you know it's gonna happen to adam curry because he's been on he's been on no agenda social for too long and he said on one of his uh shows he said yeah you know you go to the federated part of no agenda social and you just look at it and it's like half of its anime porn <laughs> and so what's gonna happen to him he's, he's the anime convention's gonna come to austin it's and he, he'll he'll be in town at the time he'll be walking down the street and says oh i recognize her i recognize her i recognize her yeah. That's what's going to happen. He's going to be I corrupted. Just, I can't wait for the day when Adam actually goes to an anime convention proper. I don't think that's going to happen. But 
I'm sure we could make it happen. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm not sure I want to go. I mean, g- just looking at how they're managed and who's in charge and what they, uh, you know, the kinds of, the whole attitude of it has I've changed, staffed, you know? I've staffed conventions, and even the best-run ones are still like a duck. Looks all nice on the surface, but you don't see the legs flailing for dear life underneath. Yeah, it's... I'm looking for the next... Like, the, the big convention is dead to me. I'm not interested in it. Uh, unless there's something really compelling, you know? I don't see myself going to Comic-Cons anymore or going to any of these anime cons. They just... The appeal's dead, and uh, I think how about the, the gaming s- cons, like tabletop cons, you know, like Gen Con. I don't know. I'm not that interested in it. It sounds like a good place no. to go and and look around for a couple hours, but I do not see myself going to one of those for a day. Certainly not flying out of my way and staying in a hotel for four days. You know, it's I just can't do that. Dude, not like we used to. You live in Ohio, right? You don't need to fly. You can drive over to Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can. Uh, It'd be a shorter drive for you than for me. Yep. Oh, man. We were able, me and my brother, when we went in 2019, we were able to do it in like 10 hours. And that included stopping for lunch in Sarnia. (laughs) Hey, you know, speaking of old times, uh, we had an anniversary came up uh, yesterday. Yes, we did. Uh, This was the 10th anniversary of the release of the visual novel Katawa Shoujo. Which is one that uh, I think we both used to pal around in the uh, the chat room for that. Apparently, now we were. I still lurk in there. We were well. I used to lurk in there before the game was released, and the joke used to be that it would never get released. It seemed like it was in development hell for forever, and so we were just kind of heckling people. Uh, I mean, back that was back when I lived in New Hampshire. That's how long ago it was, and. Uh, it's just crazy to think it's been 10 years since it was January 4th, 2012. Uh, yeah, when 10 it was years released. since the release and over five years since the blog was updated. <laughs> they didn't even seem to note that uh, that the 10th anniversary has come around. Um, but it was a fun, fun experience. And, you know, that was a project that was uh, completely independent. It was put out there for free. Um and it was, you know, it was a free visual novel they published. They made a basically out of the love for the idea. And it kicked off a lot of extra projects. You know, a lot of people got interested in visual novels uh, just yeah, because of Katoa Shoujo. I think it was better for the uh, English language VN scene than, say, any, any of the stuff that actually came out from the early adapters of Renpai. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, some of those early games were good. I mean, the ones that come to mind are, was it Adrift? The one where you're the management, you're trying to manage the underwater uh, city and you have your drones you have to control. Did you ever play that one? It's a big puzzle game. No, I didn't. It was an old Rempai game. Uh, like, it had Microsoft Paint graphics, honestly, but the it was very hard. And it was pretty interesting, too. Uh, they, they did some things that uh, were unique especially because they had, like, one of the robots that you could control was a drone, like a quadcopter, but it could only sense the magnetic field or the uh, the EM fields around things. And so when you were in it, you couldn't, like, see anything. If you saw, if a character was in the room, their sprite would just be, like, this wavy stuff. You couldn't tell who it was. Um, and, yeah, but I'm, I'm, thinking, you know, I'm thinking of the stuff... I'm thinking of the stuff from, like, 
2005, 2006, right? Like, Radical Dreamers uh, games and... Moonlight Walks. And Moonlight Walks. Moonlight American Walks. Bishojo. American Bishojo. God. We're going into some right? deep stuff here. Uh, let me pop into my... Deepest I lore. The deepest lore. I've got a games folder. Broken Hearted, a 9-11 story. <laughs> from Rest in Peace Production. Released September 11, 2006. Oh my god. Oh, the answer. Remember the answer? I remember the answer. And that one was actually was actually pretty brilliant the when you think about it. game file for that. KS. Yeah, it was, it, it was a fun time to be around. And nowadays, Rempi has so many features, it's, uh, it's almost ready for, uh, you know, it's almost uh, my preferred way to do things. Sexual Fantasy Kingdom 2, Fudinari Elves, by oh. Galaxy Pink, released December 26, 2007. Aw, shit, you know what I have? I have Blobster. I have the game files for Blobster. Bob, Blobster UIL. No. 2009. <laughs> oh, God. Nice. Oh Lord! Now no one, no one else has any idea what we're talking about. Uh, air pressure—that was a popular one on Newgrounds. Air pressure, yeah. That was the. What was that about heroin? I think that was an allegory for drugs. That's the only thing I, I, think I remember. So, yeah, <laughs> it, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was. Yeah, and there was some good stuff. Yeah, there were there were a few there were a few that were done by that were done by the four or less staff. Oh, here we go. I got Dandy Dandelion Girl. 2005? 2009? You remember the one I was trying to do? Oh, yeah. Painter Story. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. There's been a lot of them. You know, uh, Nano Reno still goes on. I know. It kind of moved to, um, what is it? Itch? Itch.io? What time, what time of the year does it happen? Is it still like February? It's March. It? Oh, dog. March. It's always been March. Oh, I thought it was February for some reason. Yeah. yeah I've done you know what we should do in April? You know what we should do in April? We should take some of the winners and play through them and review them. I, th I thought you were going to say, let's make a visual novel. <laughs> I got scared for a second. Okay, reviews of NaNoWriMo. Okay, I could be up for that. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably it'll probably be terrible and we'll hate every moment of it, but <laughs> I'm sure the listeners will have fun. You know, usually what you get in NaNoWriMo these days is like, oh, it's a demo for some commercial game. And by commercial game, I mean gay porn. Yeah. So any that are any that are like a demo that's being produced as NaNoWriMo, I mean, or not NaNoWriMo. Nano what Reno. it is, Nano Reno. Nano Reno, like those are just immediately scratched. Yeah, like that. That doesn't count. Homeward, Hamwad. Oh God, <laughs> Sam yeah. Samukun. Fucking Samukun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him. I had a drink with him. Uh, we did a. Uh, we did some shots once. Uh, one year. Yeah, he's. I wonder if he's still. He's still making games, right? He's making a uh, uh, Sunrider. I have no idea. No, he made Sunrider, and then... oh, that's right. Yeah, he's he's doing the Sunrider stuff, and that has actually turned out to be not too bad. Yeah, I told him I liked to it. His early attempts. Yeah, Sunrider. Remember Rider, Juniper's uh... Not? Yeah, Juniper's Not. That was a Nano Reno. That was that was Dischan. Yeah, Dischan and uh, Doom's art. Yep, I think Swift Swift wrote it. Yeah, I read that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it was it was really good. Juniper's Knot. We're gonna take Juniper's Knot today. Yeah, that was the demon girl thing. Yeah. Oh lord. But I mean, you still look you still look through the ones that were like 2012, oh, no. 2013, and more of them look horrible than not. I'm looking at Cotton Gin, and the co he's calling me out about mole holes. No. <laughs> mole hills and windmills. Mole hills and windmills. Oh, God. Let's hope no one knows what that one's about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some good stuff, man. That's fun times. Yeah. Where have all the good times gone? That's all I, so I think we're going to have to stick the rent pie games list into the into the show notes so everybody else can uh, can go and see for themselves the magic of the OELVN community. Oh, it is after all the year of the OELVN, uh, as we say. Is this... it? I thought it was year of the Linux desktop. Oh, it's the same thing. Ah, OK, <sighs> man. Yeah, it makes me want to read a VN now, you know. Oh, uh, I did have one follow up on uh, Katawa Shoujo. Um, yeah. It's here's the only celebration I see for it is it's actually available on the Jast USA shop today for free. It's always free. I know it's always been free, but it's never really been published before. I mean, it was always self-published. They had a website, but it wasn't like they had a, a publisher. Release date, you know. January 4, 2022. Oh, I see. They've they've added it to the Jast store. Yeah. Still free. It's still free. But you can get yeah. a copy through Jast if you want instead of, you know, someone else. Instead of downloading it direct from the 4LS site. Yep. Jast has if been good. If you wanted to do that for whatever reason. They do, um, you know, DRM-free stuff, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they have all the porn, too. So you can get that. Well, you're getting Katawa Shoujo, you can go get the porn. Yeah, like Opie Academy. Oh, there you go. Best sellers. I wonder what the best sellers are. Hey, Cold Acid, are we doing the bit where we just read, like, the names of bad visual novels? I think we've been doing this for, I like, thought the we last just 20 did minutes. That. I, thought we, were, 20 I thought we minutes. were done. I thought we were done with that. <laughs> My sexy roommate. Yeah, that's it. School days. Yeah, okay. All I right, we're I done. I might have that one. <laughs> My sexy roommate. I feel like this is a bit we do, like, every, uh, every six months or so. It is. Oh, man. At least every six months. Well, speaking of reoccurring things, um, I was looking into the digital radiography website that you turned yeah. me on to, uh, scanofthemonth.com, which, by the way, has a new scan. Did you see the new scan? No, I haven't seen the new scan yet. They have, uh, if you go to scanofthemonth.com, uh, previously they had Apple AirPods and they had some other things, but now they have the Game Boy Compendium up there. And the Game they have Boy Compendium? They have a bunch of Game Boys. They have the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advanced, the Game Boy SP, and uh, I don't recognize the last... I guess that's a huh. Switch? Yeah, it must be. It's hard to tell from the from the X-Ray, but... Uh, Might be... Yeah, that could be a Switch. But as you know, and listeners of Rare Encounter know, I've had a chip on my shoulder about this website. Um, and also... So did you finally hunt down who's behind it? Oh, well, I have a problem with the website and the reporting on it, too. The so-called journalists who cite Scan of the Month uh, without knowing anything about it. It is published anonymously. There's no name behind it. There's no company behind it. The mailing address, and they do have a mailing address, by the way. I did find that out. Um, is a mailbox in San Francisco that tracks down to a 
a virtual mailing company. So it's a company you can hire to receive your mail for you, and then they'll scan it or forward it or whatever. So they've actually gone out of their way to hide who they are. The registrar is Google uh, domains, but that doesn't mean they're Google. You know, anyone can register Google domains. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking around. I'm trying to figure out what the, who the hell's behind this. You can get some clues by reading it. So you can see, obviously, it's uh, someone who speaks English as a native language. They're probably from North America, especially because of the stuff they cover. You know, it's all like Apple, Nintendo, uh, stuff that would be of interest to the average loser in Silicon Valley. Um, my thought was that it was someone in America. And the the, the other thing was the um, the equipment that you need to do these scans is pretty scarce and expensive too. And so it can't be an individual. It has to be a corporation. There has to be some money behind it because no one can afford a couple million dollars to, for a CT scan, let alone hiring the person who knows how to operate it. And you have to, you know, that's a big salary you have to pay too. And on yeah. top of that, the web design is top notch. It's So there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of skills happening that individually might not be that impressive because there's a lot of places you can do a CT scan. Like there's a shitload. Um, you can get a CT scan for medical imaging. Uh, I think in every state, you know, I think every hospital has one. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Uh, they might use, they might prefer a different kind of imaging technology, but I think CT is pretty universal. The diagnostic imaging of electronics is also kind of common. There's a lot of different companies that do that too. And so what I was looking at is, well, they have a web design. They have some, some um, I won't say a fingerprint, but it's like the way they present information, um, the way they yeah. they crop their scans and the way they slide in and out of the, uh, of the different things as you look at them. I said, well, you know, there's got to be something there. Even the, the color map. So one of the clues that I had was, when I was looking at, say, this Game Boy, you can see... Are you looking at scanofthemonth.com? If you go down to Not the, anymore. Well... I'm looking at your link. If you know what it looks like, then uh, what you see is a color image, a CT scan where it has a bunch of stuff in yellow and a bunch of stuff in blue, like the outer plastic's blue and some other parts are yellow and some other parts are, you know, different shades of green and blue. And what I know from experience, actually professional experience in this, is that you don't get these colors, and the colors that are represented are really false. They don't relate to the electron density uh, of everything that that they're showing. And so they have sometimes metals are one color, and sometimes they're another color. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's some artistic flair going on. And anyway, I did a couple searches of companies that can do this kind of work, and I really looked at their marketing materials. And I'll say my first guess was actually AutoCAD, the Autodesk company. Uh, that was my first guess because I know that they produce software that does this kind of thing. But all of the, the AutoCAD um, materials, like if you use their software to produce diagnostic imaging, well, to me, it looks like diagnostic imaging. It's kind of not visually interesting. It's not I would say it's publication ready. It's something that you could put inside a white paper or a scientific article, but it's not movie ready. It's not uh, wired magazine ready. And that's what this website is. The website is ready for a stupid tech magazine to pick it up and take these high resolution, super colorful images, which don't actually represent the, the true structure of this, you know, and, and present them. So the company I came up with after some research, I linked to you. You said you already went on it. Yeah. Uh, to I, the link. I'm 
I've got their website open right here. Here's what I got was NSI North Star Imaging. So NSI is this company, North Star Imaging, and they have, as a service, they do 3D computed tomography x-ray scans. Though there's no relationship that I can find between the website, the website's also been uh, purposefully obscured so that you can't find who's behind it. But looking at the marketing materials for all the different scanning companies, this one kind of stands out because they have a big internet presence. They do things like register a shitload of domains that are all slightly different and they redirect to each other. They have um, images that are in perspective instead of isometric view, and they seem to prefer that. And I think one of the most important things is it, even in images where it doesn't help the analyst understand what's going on, um, they go through the extra effort of picking out and isolating different components and showing them in different colors and doing, you know, like Hollywood ready, Wired Magazine ready renders of everything. So this was my best guess of who's behind the scans. Um, the other well, thing is that sounds that sounds pretty good. You you went uh, you went pretty deep into that. Oh yeah. I will note, however, that I just did a whois on X-rayinspectionservice.com, mm -hmm. and the registrar is not Google. I I know that. I also did that, and I thought about it for a little bit, and I decided that I don't care. Okay. The um, one thing about NSI that about you should the name, know. What are the name server? Should check the name servers. Actually, that would probably be more revealing than the I, registrar. I think that the people who are doing this are smart enough to not use the same normal domain registration. I mean, for God's sake, they went out of the way to have mail forwarding for an address no one sees. They do have a mailing address, by the way. I did find that, the real mailing address. And no one else sees it. It's not on their website anyway. But they went out of their way to obscure that. So, of course, they have a... They went to Google domains probably because, you know, it's open. they could have done anything. Um, yeah. The last thing that really sealed the deal for me is I started watching their videos. So they have a bunch of training and um, videos about, you know, here's the product we make and here's how here's how things work. And when they in the videos, they don't show Game Boys or AirPods or consumer electronics. They show things like motors and kind of the more industrial things you'd be used to seeing, um, you know, a CT scan of some part for a tractor or something like that, where you want to see where the fracture is inside it. Um, but when they're rotating the parts inside the video, they do the same stupid staggery thing that happens on the website where they have like an extra rotation. Like when you scroll down um, on the Game Boy, you know, the Game Boy kind of goes from solid and then it fades to a color and then it has a, this motion blurred set of frames as it as it goes through an extra little rotation, which has no value. Yeah. It's just for aesthetics. And they do the same shit inside the, their marketing videos. So I know I'm just laying it all out. I think I've, I've, uh, I've made my case. Uh, it could be them. It could not be, but that's the only company I could find that does this work that has this aesthetic. They have the same color map that they use inside the website or something very close to it. And they clearly have the capability. They have the internet presence. They have the uh, clearly some people who are doing video editing. Uh, and when I say internet presence, that's important because not every one of these companies has a good website. Like they have really shitty websites, by the way. I should know. I think you make a damn good case. So there you go. Now I, I I've been belaboring this, but you know that's it. Also, they just opened an office in California. So there. <laughs> How do you know they just opened it? 
uh, because it was on one of their news releases on a oh, different okay. website. Uh, they just opened it. It is not in San Francisco, but it is in California. So they're expanding. They're doing a bunch of shit. I wouldn't be surprised. Aliso Viejo. Uh, yeah. You see it? That's by LA, yeah. though. It's down, the in wrong... the, down in their, like, giant page-sized footer. Yep. That's my, that's my feeling. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, obviously, they can't say who they are because if um, word got out that they were scanning a bunch of uh, Nintendo stuff, then people would get mad because you're, oh, you're, uh, you know, there's, there's a sense that you're revealing the secrets of the Game Boy or the, the AirPods or something. And, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> though teardowns are legal, you can do a teardown video. You can imagine that. Um, you can uh, you can stick whatever you want in a blender and see if uh, see if it gets turned into tiny bits. Well, here's the thing: if you rely on contracts with manufacturers, then you don't want to piss them off by uh, by Very doing true. something that that doesn't look right to them. So, even if it's legal, even if it's legal. All right, so there's. Let's put a lid on this one. Good job. I'll give myself a good job. Yeah, I got something else to bring up before before we wrap. Okay. What do we got? It's another, it's another anime headline. And once again, the industry is launching a global fight against piracy. Uh-oh. I mean, doesn't this roll around like every other year? Yeah, it seems that way. And nothing ever really happens out of it. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the piracy that actually really hurts the industry is the same piracy that, that hurts like... Hollywood, which is like the the Hong Kong copiers, right? The Hong Kong copier, Hong Kong copier, number one super guy. Well, you can't you can't deny that a lot of that a lot of the bootleg uh, movie DVDs and everything come out of come out of copy houses in like Hong Kong and other less than reputable locations in. East and Southeast Asia. Hey, when I was buying bootlegs in Denver, they were getting made in Denver. <laughs> I know that. Uh, they well, were, Denver uh, might be a special case. Uh, I think anywhere you but go. But I mean, when I go, when I go, when I go through, when I've gone through like the markets in Toronto, you know where I find all these. You know where I find all these fake uh, copies of things. Where Chinatown. Ah, well, that's where all the good and stuff is. And it's not is. even, and, they're, and half these guys, they're not even hiding it. It's like they're, they've got obvious bootlegs there in carts, like in the front windows of their shops. Mm. Uh, it used to be one of the, one of the biggest hotspots for, for retailing pirated materials was just outside of Toronto in a place called Pacific Mall. And it would be like every other week, the RCMP and York Regional Police and OPP would be coming through there and shutting down an entire shop and arresting everybody working there. Hmm. What happens to you if you get arrested by the RCMP? Well, they tie you up and bring you to the police station on the back of their horse. Ah, I see. (laughs) At least they let you ride. Yeah, well, better than being dragged, I guess. <laughs> We're gonna pull them through town, man. <laughs> all right. Well, we got a special. But yeah, show. it's the it's the usual it's the usual story. I mean, we've heard it all before, and next to nothing happens in the fan sub community. There's only been Although a couple. The times. fan sub community these days is essentially 
dead thanks to all the legal streaming services, meaning that unless somebody is, like, exceptionally anal, they don't bother doing their own subs anymore. Yeah. Those deals keep getting bigger, too. Um, I was meeting with an insider for a while, and he was telling me about the who's bu- who's bidding on what. Because what what happens is in the industry is these shows come up, and everyone knows what the anime is coming up next is going to be, and all of the different companies um, like Crunchyroll or uh, well, I guess it'd be Sentai. It's like any all of them, anyone who has a stake in the game goes out and they kind of pick what they want, and they bid on it, and it's actually a bidding war. And some of these, the uh, just. I can't say any specifics, I guess, partially because I can't remember them. I'd probably say them if I could remember them. But uh, he was telling me about just the the price of things has been going up, like the amount of dollars that the final bid on mediocre seasonal anime shows is way up compared to just four or five years ago. And yet there's there's still many that never get licensed at all, even new shows. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's just they didn't get bidded high enough or no one cared about them, sadly. It, probably no one cared about them because I'll go through I'll go through FansubDB, right? And I'll look, I'll look through and there'll be shows where it's like licensed by Crunchyroll, licensed by Funimation, licensed by Funimation, licensed by High Dive. And then there's one where like nobody's licensed it. There's no fansubbers picking it up. Yeah. And that's probably because there are almost no fan subbers left. There are a bunch of oh, well, you uh, know. there's a bunch of replacements for horrible subs where they just go and rip what's been uh, what's been put on the streaming sites. Don't we have Cool Boy Mute? Doesn't he do fan subs now? Yeah, but he does them in French. Oh, so that's no good. Uh, I'll I'm talking English because yeah, t- other languages they don't seem to be as. Uh, as deep into the licensing everything possible as uh, as the English market. Oh, well. It's nice to see someone doing it. It sounds like he's on a... I have no idea what his project is because it's in French. But uh, it sounds like he he's was on working something. On, uh, he was working on Comey's and Can't Communicate. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Is that the one with the ghosts? It's the one with the girl who's like exceptionally shy but beautiful. So everybody thinks like she's an she's like an ice beauty when really she's like she just can't speak because she's too nervous. Oh. And every and everybody else in the show has one communication or disorder or another as well. I so thought it was the girl who got molested by ghost on the toilet. I don't know that one. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we should leave before it gets worse. Before we find out. Yeah, maybe we should. (laughs) Oh, my God. We've got a special show coming up on Sunday. An out-of-cycle rare encounter will be live after no agenda on Sunday. Uh, That's this Sunday, right? Yeah, the 9th. On the 9th. So send in your emails. Don't send in any emails. I'm Abel Kirby. I'm Cold Acid. Stay fruity, boys. (laughs) I had a good woman. But you lay down, honey, and die. Oh, I had a good woman. But she lay down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't sad?